Anyway, let's move on to some boxing right here. Um, hopefully Dino comes in a few minutes. He probably oversleeping. You know, Dino is a hardworking man. So I know, you know, if he could come on the show, he will. So we'll see about that. But the show got to continue. Zay, I want to talk some boxing right now. We got to talk Teofimo Lopez. Does Teofimo Lopez have what it takes to make noise at 140 after struggling against Sander Martin? And I pass the mic to you to kick us off. Man, it's it's um very disappointing. Talking about Teofimo Lopez right now. Um, you know, when, when he's in the ring, he just he's like seems like he's not focused on boxing. He's not focused on just winning the fight. He's not doing the same um tactical um decisions and understanding what's what his opponent is doing, um reading the ring, moving around. You just see something is off when you see Teofimo Lopez fight. It's an art, you know, it's 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 a it's a chess match out there in that in that boxing ring that he's not playing. He's out there playing a whole different game right now. He's not even in the game of chess when he's boxing. He's, he's doing a whole different game. I don't know. He's playing solitaire or something. He's stacking the cards against himself. He's not winning. Like, the fights he's, he's lost recently or won recently, I feel like he lost the last fight, in my opinion. But the fights that's been happening recently, the guy, Teofimo Lopez, has not been engaged into the fight. He just seems so off. He doesn't seem in the ring. Um, I had some insight with a lot of stuff that happened outside the ring with him. Apparently, he's having a lot of issues, I guess, allegedly, because I, I don't know for sure. It's not, like, concrete. He's having a lot of issues with his wife. Apparently, he didn't see the birth of his child. He he having on and off marital issues. Um, Apparently, after he lost to Cambosis, she left him. <laughs> so it's a lot of different things that played in his mind. I think there was a fight prior to the Cambosis fight that led to so many delays and stuff into that fight and why he had to pay so much money for that damn camp because he was not engaged in fighting. So it's, it's a lot of different things that's happening. And I say all I have to say, if his, if he's not mentally focused and locked into the fight, then I would say no. He is not um, ready or prepared to be in that 140 division. There's a lot of demons out there that's ready to take a, take a head off, literally, in that 140 division. I just think Teofimo Lopez is not in that category when he's not even at the caliber that he once was. He's not at his best. He's not at his prime. He's not even focused on fighting. His mentality is not there and boxing. It's almost 50-50 with men, um, probably even 60-40 with um, minds, like, you know, men mentally and physically. You know, it's, 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 a lot, it's, a, it's a big mental game and it's a mental drain, you know. And I think if he's not even there mentally, then he can't be in the ring at all because he's going to get hurt just trying to, try, trying to be, you know, up to par with these guys who are doing nothing but to get a gold championship who's, like, blocking out everything and everything just to make sure that they're winning fights. Because a lot of guys in this boxing world have to do that. You know, there's not every there's not many Floyd Mayweathers in the world where he's able to be, you know, showboating and do whatever he wants and then get back in the ring and still, you know, school kids. It's, yep. it's not it's, it's a lot of things, discipline. And that's a, um I don't know if Teofimo lacks discipline, but the thing is that there's a lot of extra exterior factors along in that's prohibiting him from being the fighter that we saw him do when he was climbing the ranks. The guy that he was fighting Lomachenko. That's not the guy we're seeing right now. We're seeing a guy who's extremely disturbed inside, and we don't know what we're going to expect when he's fighting against the better fighters in this division. Yeah, I think to answer this question, right, does he has what it take? I think for me, it's this version of T.O. I don't think has what it takes, this version. But maybe the hungry version of T.O. has what it takes. And I'm going to dive more into what he can do to potentially have what it takes in a division. I'll get to that in a few minutes. I, I want to focus on this fight because yeah. I agree. Um, Sander Martin got robbed, and it is what it is. I had to fight 94 to 93. Mm -hmm. um, the knockdown being the difference, the knockdown in round two. 
I thought that there was another knockdown in the fight that they did not call. I thought mm-hmm. that was a knockdown that obviously should have won him that that fight. No, <laughs> but you know, I'm boxing and his politics. But I think for me, Theo is so predictable on offense. He doesn't disguise his punches. He always tries to knock you out and rely on explosiveness and speed. He needs to disguise his looks a little bit more. He didn't in this fight. You know, I thought that in round four, he had a little bit success. I'm just cornering Sander Martin. He cornered him and, and left him in the corner. But I didn't never thought he took full advantage of when he was in the corner. Credit to uh, Martin's team. They acknowledged that. They saw what I saw and was like, get off the ropes. So that was good coaching advice. Something that, you know, I'm getting to with Theo and his coaching and possibly parting ways with um, his father as trainer. But this is not the same Theo I know. And Sander Martin was catching him with some check hooks and slide. He check hook slide and he fell and almost caught him the second time. He caught him the first time was a check hook. The second time that they didn't call was a check hook. So he made the same mistakes. That's not good when you're not able to adjust. And that's something that has to go into his corner or him taking instruction. But I don't know why he doesn't jab more. I always thought Theo had a solid jab and he, you know, tries to use it. Um, look, the fight against Loma. Right, I think people underestimate how good Tio looked in that fight. A lot of people was like, "Oh, Loma gave him four or five rounds," which he did with his patient approach. But Lopez did neutralize his ability to create angles. Okay, so he did, you know, he made the adjustments in that fight. I looked at that fight and I saw the adjustment that Tio Fima Lopez made. I saw it. Okay, that round twelve, the championship rounds, when it looked like the momentum went back to Loma, he won that round. And he took that round away. And he took the fight away from Loma in that round. So clearly he has the skills and what it takes to be a champion. But right now, the version that we are seeing is not the version that's going to succeed here. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the undisciplined. It's, oh, I made it to the mountaintop and I lost my hunger. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he needs to find that hunger back. You see him after the fight. Do I still got it? When you start saying that, that's never a good sign when you say, do I still got it? That's the worst thing you could do in a sport of boxing where you have guys that want what you have, want the success that you have, want the name brand that you have, okay? And that's just not a good look. So can he make noise at 140? I think by all means he has a talent too. But um, he's going to have to, A, fight, not even fight, but he's going to have to probably fire his trainer. Because I don't believe that he has the best trainer. And, and it's always good to a certain extent. I understand that there's always a debate that fighters blame the trainer mm-hmm. for their mishaps in the ring. But at the same time, sometimes it's good to hear a new voice. Sometimes you never know if a new trainer could get you some tools in your toolbox that you can use in a new fight, right? But I do think that more than likely he's probably going to have to part ways with his trainer and get some of that hunger back, take sparring a little bit more seriously. Um, The fight before this one, he had like two weeks of sparring. He did a little more, I believe, four or five weeks, I believe, for this one. He needs to continue practicing and try to push away. I mean, it's hard for me to say push away some of those off the, you know, out of the ring, you know, situations because you can't Mm -hmm. control them. But he's going to have to try to find common ground in blocking the noise, being disciplined, training harder. And if he can do that, then he could have success in the 140 division. You know, like, where, do we, where does Teofimo Lopez go from here, though? Who's the next fight that he, he should take in order to feel that confidence? Does he keep going for, like, you know, stepping stones, stepping stools? Do you, do you, do you, do you I think he should. I don't think he should jump right in there with um 
there's a couple names. Um, Progress, I heard, um, and also Josh Taylor. I don't think he should go right into the right into it with the champions. Nah, he he needs to use this as a way to calm down that ego and say, you know what? I need to test myself. I need to continue to work my way up, okay, and, and have another fight under my belt and then go for it. Otherwise, he's going to get humbled all the way back down to 135. I agree. But, um, yeah, let's move on to the subtopic here. We're going to stay in boxing here. We're going to stay in boxing. We got to talk about Terrence Crawford. I don't know where Dino at, but, you know, Dino, it's all good, my brother. We'll see you on the next one. What should we or how should we take away, excuse me, what should we take away from Terrence Crawford's spectacular six-round knockout of David Appenizen? And I would love to start this one off because I think I speak for everybody. I speak for the people here. What we should take away is that the fight with Errol Spence needs to happen right now. Mm-hmm. And it needs to happen next. And it's very interesting. Zay. I got I to gotta take care, right? I think for me, you never know when a fighter is going to lose a step. Father time waits on no man. Mm-hmm. In the fighting game, when your body is taking a pounding, you just never know. Now, I would say this. He got touched in this fight. Mm-hmm. Terrence Crawford, he got touched. Now, it, you know, he looked sharp at the same time. He got the knockout, devastated knockout, even though you can never really say that, you know, he had trouble. It erases a lot of what I saw, which he got touched. Mm-hmm. And that has been the case with other fighters. To think that Terrence Crawford, I'm a Bud fan, but to think he's invincible is a lie. He got touched by Ahmed Khan. He got touched by Jose Benavides. He can get touched. But the reality is when he puts on that killer mindset, he gets you out of there. Okay, Sean Porter, he got touched. One could argue he was losing the Sean Porter fight. He heard from his team that he was losing the fight. He was like, you know what? A word? I'm losing? Okay, let me get him out of there. That's the thing I love about Bud is that killer instinct. But the reality is he cannot start up slow against Errol Spence in a potential Errol Spence fight. That's one thing that you cannot do. So that's a very interesting look there. But I think what I learned is that this fight needs to happen because a decline could come at any minute for these fighters. Okay, we done heard that Spence was involved in another car accident over the weekend. Another one. Okay, like, what's going on here? Even God want to see this fight. God, like, you know what, Evan Spence, you ain't ready to go yet, brother, until I see this fight. Okay, let me see this fight because I ain't ready to take you from this world yet. Okay, we got to stop playing with life here. We got to stop playing with time here. Remember the saying, time waits on no man. Time Tomorrow is never promised, brother. At all. Okay, and Spence knows that, and Crawford should know that as well. Now, a lot of people told me, and Zay, I'm not sure if you shared the same brain, but a lot of people told me that Crawford being being a free agent would make this fight more realistic because he doesn't have to worry about the, side of the, the sides of the street. Mm-hmm. I low-key disagree, and I'm going to tell you why. Listen, Tyson Ferry and Deontay Wilder got made. Two different sides of the street. Top rank, PBC. Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford got made. Different sides of the street. PBC, top rank. It could happen. And the fact that the matter is that when you're a free agent and you're Crawford, I believe that you're susceptible to guys trying to fleece you mm. in negotiations. Guys trying to take advantage that you don't have that backbone, that you don't have that support. Okay, because Errol Spence has it without Heyman. He's going to protect his fighter and make sure he and him profit. Mm. So you got guys trying to take advantage of you. Claire, 
We heard the reports about it being not, not a guaranteed for Crawford. In what world? That I don't even know if that has ever happened. A fighter not getting guaranteed money. So mm-hmm. clearly they're trying to fleece you. And that's what happens when you're a free agent. So I'm not sure if I'm buying that notion that him being a free agent actually helps his fight being made. Clear that fight should have happened next. It didn't. And I'm watching him versus David Abyssinian. Okay, so it's a lot of variables. I'll come back for my second go around. I'll pass the mic over to you. Um, you know, it's just it's, it's wasting time. That's why I take away from this fight. You know, this knockout. I just feel like Bud is a it's Bud and Spence. Um, at the head of everyone in the division, who's who's gonna be the I guess the last warrior standing. And it seems like, um, you know, whoever's gonna retire first is, is the guy. You know, it, it doesn't seem like they're gonna fight. It seems like it's a repetition of Mayweather and Pacquiao. We're seeing guys past gonna fight way past their prime, and never gonna see um that that fight happen. It, it's kind of like a waiting game to see who loses first against somebody and then that's when that fight is going to happen and that's annoying i hate when boxing does that they have a habit of of putting guys together once you know they're past their prime and then and then, oh yeah let's, let's do it now you know and i'm just tired of seeing bud and spence not then you beat these guys up they already beat everybody else in the division they beat the top guys in the division already except each other so i think at this point we don't want to see the spencer crawford fight now i understand that there's a lot of exterior factors about who's a side who's b side um i understand that that is the discussion being made and i think you know if you're crawford you got to concede the spence you know you have to say your spence is the a side it's just that's just how it is you know he gets he gets paid more he gets the better pay-per-views he, he does more um numbers on pay-per-views and you gotta you gotta concede that a side you know that's just how it is i understand but it's like i'm not conceding a side to nobody because i'm i'm the champ i know i'm the champ but until you beat spence you just got to concede the A side. That's just how it is if you really want this fight to happen. Like, we all want the big payday, but at the end of the day, you don't want to get paid significantly less than the other guy. We get it. We understand. That, that is that's understandable, and we get it. But that's the only way it's going to happen. Like, I don't know how, what the the price tag was before, for um, Crawford and for Spence to get this fight going, but I remember Spence was like, I want 50% of the pay-per-views or whatever. I want, like, he said, like, an absurd number, and I was like, what? Like people, the guys don't get 50, 50, 60 percent of pay per views. I don't know what you're talking about. And then, so what's what's Crawford gonna get? Like, now nah, he get like 10. Like, well, excuse me, like, what are we talking about here? I like the numbers are just all crazy. And I understand it's a business, but the business is what's like definitely destroying boxing. We want to see the best fight possible. If you put Spence and Crawford to fight at the end of this year, this might be one of the greatest years of boxing we've seen in a, such a long time, you know. And that's just how I see it, but um. I just want to see Crawford and Spence fight. You know, just I don't want to get it over with because this is what's holding up the division. It's holding up everybody in the division, seeing who's gonna fight between who's gonna win the fight between these two. And until these two fight, it's just gonna be a lull in this division. No one, we don't know what's gonna happen uh, between the other other fighters because all the fighters are essentially waiting for this mega fight to happen. And it just sucks that you know Spence and Crawford may never happen. Look, if these fighters are going to continue to I'm going to say them. I think they want the fight. Like I said before, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that both fighters feel that they can win this fight against each other. Okay? But I think if the egos are not going to be leveled down, then from Crawford's perspective, it hurts him more. Because Errol Spence, it's going to hurt Errol Spence too. Don't get me wrong. He's not walking out of here scot-free because he has the pay-per-view vibe buys because he has the people that buy his pay-per-views and see him fight because he could sell out the Dallas Cowboys stadium. He's not working out here scot-free because when we look back and we, you know, our grandkids is going to be like, why the hell this fight never happened? If these two cats were the best in the division, 
So he's not walking out of here scot-free when it comes to his legacy. But he could afford in the short term to kind of get away with not fighting Terrence. Whereas Terrence, look at his resume, bro. We're not even talking about the fight that he fought on Saturday. We're talking about what could be because nobody cared about it. Okay, I'm pretty sure people didn't even see it. So that's the problem. And you're talking about, all right, if I don't get Spence, I'm going up to 154 to fight Charlo. Listen, I watch a lot of boxing videos daily. I have not seen Charlo address you yet, bro. I don't even know if he wants to fight you. Okay? Where does that leave you? Yeah. Oh, he should have been fighting Boots instead of this cat right here. Fight Boots then. Mm-hmm. Somebody in here. Right, Spence? Crawford, fight Boots. Because he's a gatekeeper here, too. He's an X-Factor here, too. He's in play, too. So, you know, boxing is just boxing. You know, corruption, where we talked about the fight earlier. Politics, where we talk about the fight now. It's just a whole lot of things. And that's why even when I do get optimistic about boxing, I always get my reality check in the mail when I check my mailbox. And it is what it is. 